Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hey there, so glad you are here with me this week. This episode is being released in the heart of summer, and maybe you are taking some time off here and there. Back in 2005, I was taking some time off. I was on a wonderful extended family vacation in Mexico, and it was at a time when I was increasingly unhappy in my career in the corporate world, and I was really needing a break, so I, I was really like, looking forward to this vacation. And after a few days with our extended family doing lots of activities and whatnot, my then husband and I took a few days to unwind on the beach with a smaller family group. And once I got to a quieter, more chill environment, I could really let myself have the hard realization that I wanted to quit my big corporate job and explore something new. Having that quiet time allowed for me to hear myself and to have that conversation with my partner. So knowing that you, my dear listener, might be having some quiet time right now where you're finally getting to hear the whispers of perhaps wanting something new or different for yourself, well, because of that, I asked Anne Pillsbury to join me on the podcast. Anne is an ICF certified coach, which is the International Coaching Federation. She's a certified coach, a serial reinventor, mom to four, and creator of the Meant for More method. I love the name of that program. Anyway, okay. Anne helps professional women find the clarity, confidence, and courage to pivot to a career in life that fills them up and pays the family bills. Her signature Meant for More Method Coaching Program helps women get clear on who they are and what they want now, pinpoints the problems that are obstacles to fulfillment, and uses design thinking principles to build what is next. She loves her family, hiking in the mountains, gathering women, and recently started line dancing. So I think you're going to love this discussion with Anne. I can't wait for you to take it all in. So go ahead and take a listen. And I am so glad you're here with us today. So will you tell me what is exciting you these days? Life, work, whatever. Tell me what's, what's making you happy. What's exciting you? Well, two things that could kind of pop to mind are, first of all, I'm celebrating my year anniversary of leaving corporate to focus full-time on my coaching yes. business. So, Congratulations. That's yes. so cool. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yes. It's been a bit, it's been a wonderful learning experience. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for year two because I feel like, you know, kind of get the foundations in place and I'm ready to fly. So that's super exciting. And then on a personal note, all my kids are coming home from college and stuff. Aww. So I have four children and three of them are off and two of them are coming to the house and one of them lives in Seattle now. And so I'm mm-hmm. just kind of excited to have the family close again. Oh, that's so nice. That's so cool. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So when does, yeah. it, when does everybody get home? Like probably within the next month, right? Yeah. One comes home on Wednesday and the next one comes back at the beginning of June. Oh, man. 
So like when I think about like your background and your history and stuff like that, you've you've navigated like a lot of changes and having kids leave and come back, like all of these kinds of things. There's just like the life changes, there's the career changes. What is it that led you? Because what happened was you kind of got this meant for more mentality going on. Like what is that? Because when you you and I first talked about this a little while ago about meant for more, I'm like, oh my gosh. I love this title. <laughs> I love this concept. Like, what is it and how did it surface for you? And why does it matter? That's like three questions. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you know, I think at a certain part of my life, I think, well, actually, I think we go through lots of pivots in our lives. And if we're listening, we get this kind of whisper that, you know, we're meant for more. There's this calling that happened. And mm-hmm. I heard it first after the birth of my fourth child and um, was kind of like, all right, I'm done with that. I mean, even though I still had the raise them, but you know, I'm done with that. What's next? <laughs> and it, that's when coaching came. It just came like literally one day I was having wine with my mom's friend. She said, you should be a coach. The next day I signed up for a, a two year certification program. And didn't even that is think nuts. about it. Yeah. And so what was, was what was, what was it that led her to say that? Like, was it like she already had a background in it or you, you know, Cause I actually had somebody say that to me too. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, what is coaching? Like, I knew what it was from a real estate perspective. Cause I had been in real estate and there's a lot of coaching in real estate and lending, but that's a lot of like rich white guys telling you to do what they did. And yeah. so <laughs> you and I know that that's not what coaching, real coaching is, at least in our take on real coaching. So yeah. what led that person to say that to you? Do you think? Well, you know, I think it just kind of comes naturally to me that I am curious. And I kind of always am thinking and asking the deeper questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I love reading, you know, and listening to podcasts that are personal development. So that's always stuff that I talk about. And ever since I've been a small child, people always told me I was a wise soul or an old soul, that kind of thing. And so, uh-huh. you know, I just think it resonated for her. She was in Santa Barbara and she knew of the Hudson Institute. I didn't go there, but I ended up getting certified there. But she just, I think there was just something in my personality that she saw that had resonated with some of the classes she had taken there, or maybe some of the people she had met there. That is so cool. Isn't it cool when somebody actually like sees us in that that yeah. way that we haven't seen ourselves yet, and it's like right. and it's positive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're showing you something really cool about you. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. What a gift. What a so, gift. Just, yeah, it was. It was a total gift. And honestly, that coaching program was the most pivotal point in my life because. I didn't know who I was outside of all my roles, you know, and I didn't mm-hmm. even know what it was meant for more was I just and I had such a traditional upbringing and a very, you know, I had a stay at home mom and all that kind of stuff. And so I just was like, I had no idea that I had values <laughs> I had a yeah. dream and all those kind of things. Yeah. And so it kind of started there. But then, you know, I was just not at a time in my life where I could focus on building a business of becoming of actually executing on becoming a coach. And having four young children, I needed to get a corporate job. So then I had to pivot and relaunch my career after being 16 years home as a stay-at-home mom, which I would have never been able to do without those skills and beliefs and managing the inner critic that I had learned through the coaching program, you know. Um, But that was a huge pivot. And then getting used to that, like what it's like to raise four children when you're not home all day long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's no small thing. Yeah, but my oldest in the car with all three of them. She was just 16. She was in tears. She was terrified of driving. I was like, go. <laughs> I gotta go to work. <laughs> Love you, honey. Bye. <laughs> but it was, it built up such huge resilience and cooperation between the kids. 
So I, you know, it ended up being a really beautiful thing for our family. I think that's a really special thing to create among siblings is that that reliance on themselves, but on each other as well and learning that they can, that they can support each other and be yeah. just as important as like their parents are. I feel like that's what my mom was able to create for my sister and I. And yeah. it's a really important relationship to me that the one yeah. that has been, that has been created. Like I, you, the part of it is our own personalities, I'm sure, but my mom was, was really intentional about that. And it sounds like that's what, and for some of the similar reasons she had to work, right? You yeah. know, like she, yeah. she had, she yeah. had to work. That's yeah. all there was to it. And, but at the same time, all along really fostered this kind of reliance on each other and support of each other. That was really cool. Yeah. And then, you know, the kind of, I did that for eight years and then that meant for more things come back again. And I was just like, I, you know, after two years of COVID and I was in a project <laughs> management role that was not suited to my skills anymore. I, mean, I had a beautiful manager. She was so sweet, but I just, it just wasn't a fit anymore. And I couldn't, yeah. I just, so I, so I followed that meant for more feeling again and left and I'm um, having doing my own business. And finally, also having the kids leave, you know, shifted my responsibility shifted. So then I yeah. could be more focused. That I think that's all. That's always a really interesting time that happened for me as well. And I, I have to imagine for a lot of my listeners where you have this moment where it's like, I'm checking all the boxes. Like, you know, like you said, you had this really wonderful manager. And I remember having that I, I used to be in corporate America, too. And I had this like, it was like my favorite manager and my favorite role. And like, I no longer had direct reports, which I was thrilled about. I just got to kind of do what I wanted to do. And I was so supremely unhappy and unfulfilled. (laughs) And I like, I loved everybody I worked with and and it just was like, what's wrong with me? And it is. And I think that's why when, when you said meant for more for the first time, I was like, that's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's just that. Yeah. And it came to me too. And it was just, I mean, my cute manager, she's like, well, what can I do? You know, she wanted to like have a, she would support me in doing anything. And I was like, yeah, I just want to quit. <laughs> no, my, yeah, my manager, he, he was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. He's like, are you pregnant? Which I don't think he was probably allowed to ask. Um, like looking back, like nobody get mad at him. He didn't mean to make, you know, cause an HR violation or anything. Um, but, uh, he's like, I was just like, Oh God, no, I would stay for the benefits if I was pregnant. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. No, yeah. <laughs> but it just was like, like it was hard for people to, it's hard for people to understand sometimes when yeah. on the surface you're checking all the boxes from the outside looking in, everything's fine. But inside there's well, a different I think feeling. it's a huge thing to give yourself permission because I yeah. can think of all the reasons why it made no sense. And still, like, you know, I can't, I, you know, what I still can't. <laughs> on paper, it right? A lot on paper. It, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> well, this is, I think, when this powerful word surfaced in our conversation when we first got to chat with each other. Not the very first time, I guess, the second time we got to chat with mm-hmm. each other. You said the word reclamation. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> it, I don't know why like that hit me. But can you talk more about that? Because it just, it really struck me in... The thought of that, because when you think of like, you know, that happens in, in nature where you're reclaiming land that's underwater, it's like reasserting a right. There's like, there's so many ways to think about it. How, how did that surface for you? You know, this idea of reclamation and what does it actually look like in action? So, you know, it just came to me because I feel like women need to reclaim who we are at our essence outside of all our roles. And we are so many things vying for our attention, you know, and not only just our families, but it's culture and in our workplace and everything. And I, I really, you know, part of my greatest work is to get women to reclaim who they are outside of all those roles. 
mm-hmm. to really connect deeply to their core values, to really identify their purpose and passion. And I have a simple way of, I've simplified that so it's not so overwhelming, you know, <laughs> um, to learn how to prioritize themselves and start to trust themselves again. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that is the number one thing that all my clients say is that they have learned to trust themselves. And that learning yeah. to trust yourself brings you an internal confidence that needs you just so then you don't have to stop hustling for that external confidence all that time, that masculine confidence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> your, your face, even as you say it, you're just like, ew. Well, no, so that was that's something that's really interesting to me is this idea about um, because it's not self, I mean, it's not self confidence. It's like self trust, right? Self trust yeah. versus confidence. And I'll do like word for the year activities with like one on one clients, or I'll bring groups through that kind of work. And it's really funny because a lot of people will pick the word fearless. They're like, I'm going to be fearless in 2022. And I'm just like, no, you won't. Yeah. Like, I hope not. Like, I hope right. that you're going to do stuff that scares you sometimes, you know? Yeah. And so I always kind of like nudge them toward like, well, how about we pick a word for how you want to be, not what you don't want to be. Like, you right, want to be right. without fear. So what might that look like? And, yeah. you know, and so sometimes that's like brave. And a lot of times mm. the people then go, well, how about confident? Mm. And to think about the difference between confidence and self-trust, I mean, I feel like it's a fine line, but it's not. So can you break that down a little bit more? Like what, what those distinctions really are and why it's important? Yeah. So I feel like self-trust is about learning to listen to your deepest inner wisdom and then taking action from that space. Mm-hmm. Where confidence is something that if we're always growing and expanding, I'm not sure you ever feel really confident. You know, I mean, that's, it's just a hard thing to attain. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the greatest people in the world, like, and, you know, like Michelle Obama or Barack Obama, whoever, they say that they never feel calm. Even, you know, these people, it's like they always feel fearful. They always question mm-hmm. themselves. They always help self-doubt. But they've just learned to trust what their inner wisdom tells them and to move forward anyway, to take mm-hmm. the action, to stay in mm-hmm. action, even when it's terrifying. But yeah. listening to that and trusting that inner voice, that inner direction. And man, it's hard. Yeah. How do you like, how, how did you start to know that for yourself? Like, how did you start trusting that for yourself? Because each time that I had some major <laughs> crisis pivot point in my life, it wasn't until like I was literally on the ground, <laughs> you know, like help that I had to surrender, that I yeah. had to just say, all right, I'm going to trust. You know, I, I, even though it's spiritual for me, it's like a higher power. Yeah. I wasn't raised with any kind of spirituality, but it's, you know, it's this like, what guide me? What is next? And once mm-hmm. I get quiet and once I do that and once I start meditating, walking, doing the things so that I can hear myself and stop that mean girl inner critic voice, which mm-hmm. I just have a crazy mean girl voice. <laughs> um, that is when, I mean, literally miracles have happened in my life. That's when yeah. the person shows up with the exact job I want or, you know, the exact opportunity shows up or whatever. So it's getting out of that cycle of criticism or I can't or it won't or all that thing and and really just surrendering to my inner wisdom and allowing myself to feel that. I love the I love the visual of just kind of like, please <laughs> like so it's almost like somebody tell me what to do. And for some people that might be God, right? Like for some people they hear it as God or the universe or or internally as self. Like however they're hearing it's like, but listen for that, yeah. that voice that loves you, that voice that yeah. knows what's best for you or and wants what's best for you. 
Right. And then there's the other voices though that you talked about, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So what the heck, right? So like even so whether it's my one-on-one work or even like even my productivity training course, which is, I mean, we deal with mindset for sure, but it's, it's also highly tactical, practical stuff going on in there. But still, I, I do a lot of educating people on like how your brain can work against you. Like, <laughs> tell me more about why does our brain do this and how do you, how do you know when it's doing it? Because my wife calls her, my wife calls her voice Betty. Like she's like, oh, she's got this <laughs> critic that's in her head and her yeah, name's okay. Betty and she yeah. blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Mine isn't a clear voice. Like mine is very, very sneaky. And I'm just like, so I'm curious, like, how do you, why do our brains do it? And how do you like catch it (laughs) when it's doing it? Well, it's a great question. So, you know, it's our survival instinct as, you know, it goes back to prehistoric times when the tiger, you know, we're always afraid of the tiger coming and getting us. And so we would go Mm -hmm. to it. So we, our mind would create stories that would keep us protected. And so, so even today, it's to protect us from doing big things in the world because it could be scary. It could, it goes against maybe what our culture tells us. It could, right. Um, I could fail goes, in front of everybody. And fail. then what it will they think? It could be embarrassing and we would be exiled from the blood. We all are, you know, as Brene Brown says, we're all like hardwired for connection. Yeah. So anything you could do that could break what you consider safe connection, your survival <laughs> instinct is going to kick in and say, don't do that. That is stupid. <laughs> you just gave me heart palpitations just saying that because I'm an Enneagram type nine. And that is like our greatest fear is like to be disconnected. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's also like one, some, some personality types more than others even, or, or at least mm-hmm. different ways that they worry about it, about those, mm-hmm. the failures and, and the disconnection and being kind of kicked out of the tribe per se. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, raised in the family that I was raised in. I think that, you know, kind of playing the part and looking okay. And it was, they were kind of strong values. And mm-hmm. um yeah, so I didn't, I never, I mean, I was such a perfectionist and so small. I, I, I never took any risk. I never did mm-hmm. anything. And my life was so small until I actually went through my coaching. You know, my life has expanded mm-hmm. so exponentially in the past 12 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the way you identify it, I think is, first of all, it speaks, you know, there's just little ways. Like if something, if your voice is speaking to you in a way that you would never speak to your friend, your child, your spouse, like that's a good, you know, indication that it's your inner critic mm-hmm. or if, you know, there's a tape or if it's telling you that, you know, you're not enough, you're too old, you don't have the experience, all those things that are, that's so like so funny. that's like, basic bitch stuff. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's so basic. That's <laughs> right. such a, you're like, you can't even get more creative than that. But that, that is how it talks. So it's like, so like at the core, basic, you're like, like, yeah. give me something real. Give me a real thing I should be worried about. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't, it does. It kind of just pulls up like, Oh, here you go. And lobs whatever it can. Yeah. Yeah. It will just do whatever. Yeah. Whatever it does to kind of sabotage you as you move forward. Mm-hmm. But then what but then on the, you know, on the other hand, your wise self, you know, she speaks much more quietly. So you have to give her space to speak and you have to ask her and you have to listen. And she probably is very more simplified in how she responds. It's probably a single word, you know, hmm. walk, do this. You know, it, it's not, you know, for me, it's usually like connect, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, connect or, um, or trust or, you know, it's just a simple, 
simple little thing. And then, but then when you start following it, it makes sense. You don't have to mm-hmm. understand the whole, the whole rollout. Yeah. It's more of almost like a theme or a direction yeah. to point yourself in rather than a specific action per se to take. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you get to figure out the action. Yeah. That's amazing. I, the voice stuff is like, that's the thing I'm always kind of, I'm almost envious of my wife that hers is that clear. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cause she'll, mm-hmm. she'll say, she'll be like, Oh no, Betty is saying this. I'm like, well, screw Betty. Like she is, you know, it's like, so it's kind of fun. Cause we can, we could do that. And for me, it's so much more. It's usually that as I'm talking something out, then I can hear all the things that have been, that my brain has been serving up, but they are, they're not mm-hmm. like conscious until I'm saying them. So that okay. might. Yeah. I was going to curious about how yours work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. why having a coach is important, right? Then you have somebody right. to verbalize I mean, those things have with. Coaches, because, you know, every single time, I think, and then I think my inner judge gets more savvy too. Because then I coach myself, coach, you know, so then my judge becomes a coach and then that just gets me all like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's going on here? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to, I want to ask you about something where, because I, I feel like, we have somewhat similar backgrounds, but also very different backgrounds. But part of that is, you know, that that time spent in the corporate world, um, you know, and, and just having different experiences in life before we became coaches. And, and I think that that oftentimes what happens is, you know, you bring well in any job, you bring the experience along with you. So one of the things that you talk about is, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, it's like design thinking principles, right? So like mm-hmm. taking design thinking principles and applying it in the coaching space. What does that even mean? Like, what are design <laughs> thinking principles? I mean, I, I've googled it, but. <laughs> So, but what what are design thinking yeah. principles? What so is I, that? There's a great book coaching? called Designing Your Life, and so I mm-hmm. actually, you know, I pull a lot from that book. So when you use design thinking, it's about coming up with all the possibilities. You know, one of the things that keeps us stuck is we can't see past our own. You know, we're it's either what we're doing or like we think there's one other thing that we could do. But really, yeah. you know, there are like five or six great lives we could have, and so. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the tenants are be super curious, like be curious, try things. And then there's also this concept of like prototyping. So once you kind of have an idea, you like make a mind map, all that kind of stuff going on. How are you going to try it? How are you going to have conversations about it? How are you going to do informational interviews? Or maybe you set up little experiments where you try the activity or whatever. And then like radical collaboration and bringing other people. Who do you need to help Ooh. you bring your, you know, make your vision come true? And what I had a great create, phrase, radical yeah, collaboration. Yeah. yeah. And you like create like these odyssey plans, which are like three different ways your life could go. And just, it's like bringing in creativity and possibility. And so then from there, as you start to explore all the possibilities, then you start to design and create what you want as opposed to trying to expand yourself into some description of a job that an HR person made, you know? <laughs> yeah, to what, to what already exists, per yeah, se. Yeah, to what yeah. already exists. And then through that radical collaboration and a little bit of magic, a lot of times that right thing just appears. It just happens, you know? And so it's like it's creating what you want as opposed to fitting into something else. Well, it sounds like it's a lot of, of clarity, right? Like getting just yeah. so, so clear. I always say, I always say like fuzzy vision, like you're getting so clear about the, 
the nature of what you want, but not the specifics of what it right. will be. Right. You know, right. and it's, yeah. and it's such a, it's such a tricky balance <laughs> to do that. Like it's, it's a fuzzy vision. It's a vision, but it's a fuzzy vision. And, but having that clarity, then you get to communicate it. And whether that's just for yourself, to the people around you, to the universe, like whatever it is, it's like getting to communicate that out there and see what comes back is so cool. That's yeah, the I mean, radical collaboration, I suppose, right? You can't, how are you to collaborate unless you can say what it is you're trying to make happen in the world for yourself? Right. And it's all about taking action. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, again. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love taking action. Just sitting in your head thinking about all the things you want to do without getting out and talking to people who actually do them. You know, you might yes. think that this one, I like remember I've always wanted to do event planning. And so I, you know, reached out to somebody and then I went and worked at an event. And granted, I was doing the grudge work. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I, you know, nobody like gave you enough to event, see. But it just gave yeah. me, I just let that little bit. I was like, nope. And so I just took that whole thing off of my. But then, and you how, know, one of my, and how freeing is that? Yeah. And it was just totally free because then it told me what yes was. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to go more into like the HR space, had conversations. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that, that kept progressing. So it just, it helps you to prune what the no yeah. and then keep moving forward with what the yeah. I love that. The idea of pruning. It's it, because I think, I think that people think they have to make a choice and then do it. Like yeah. do the thing. Like you're like, okay, now I'm going to go get a business license and I'm going to be an event planner and I'm going to start building, you know, without right, ever right, experiencing right. it from the inside, right? And so yeah. being able to just take that little step and go, oh, yeah. yeah, not this. I think not this is can be hard for some people, but it's a gift in the long run for sure. For right. sure. Yeah. Those were, you know, and sometimes you apply to things in there to get those rejections. But I just, you know, I think people start you know, the first thing they think of is like, oh, I'm so miserable where I am at work. I need something different. And then, you know, we tack it with like, I got to update LinkedIn and I got to surf job boards and I got to, you know, and and then we just get, that just sounds miserable and we get stuck and we get rejected and then we just stop. Uh Uh You're like, never mind, Um, forget it. (laughs) I don't really want to do that. But I guess what I, you know, what's important to me is to actually connect back into that. Okay, what is that calling? What is that meant for more feeling? Um, what is that telling you? And is this career pivot really just an opportunity? Like, is it a bigger opportunity for you to explore and step into the next evolution of you mm-hmm. and learn things that will not only help you with a career pivot, but actually help you live a more well-lived life? I love the how you talk about that. And you're like, and bring home the money, like, and like yeah. support your family, right? That it that it can be both and. It doesn't have to right. be an either or proposition. And I think that our society is a, it has been, you know, evolving, obviously, in lots of ways. And one of those ways is that work doesn't have to be, you know, suck your life out of you, you know, right. like work can actually be fulfilling. And I think that people are seeking that more and more than they ever mm-hmm. have before. Right. Uh, and so I, I'm glad you exist in the world to help them do that, to help. Thank you. Seriously, though, because there weren't always coaches out there to do that before. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a scary thing to navigate and it can be really hard to do. And I love your breadth of experience and depth of experience and what you've done that you can bring to bear with your clients. Yeah. And I think, you know, usually when women coach with me, they actually get a reduced sense of their own value. So they usually go in negotiating. They end up making more, right? Yeah. Because they they believe in themselves, you know, and yeah. they trust themselves. And they're like, yeah, this is what I want. And so they negotiate harder for themselves. Oh, 
I love it. Look at you're changing the world. <laughs> no, that's, well, that's, sure why, that's, that's why I wanted you to be here. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is my purpose. I feel like women, we are, there's just so many things to work against us that most of us are working at about 15% of our brilliance. And I want us to fucking shine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. We're desperate. You know, the world is desperate for our contribution and they are really trying to shut us down. So we got. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Are they? Yeah. We got to keep it going. We got to keep it going people. Like, so I, I just like, now I have to like make it, make it like a very direct thing and just say anybody who out there who is feeling like you need this pivot, that you're ready to shine, that you want to feel fulfilled by the work that you're doing and know that you can support your family in doing that. If you know that you're meant for more and how should they, how should they reach out to you? Like what's their best way for contacting you? The best way is to email me, Anne at AnnePillsbury.com, or come and follow me on um, LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. I'll put, and I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes. But I actually, I forgot, I wanted to ask you about um, connected to having that, like that self-trust is you have a tool out there for people and it is how to manage self-doubt in four simple steps, which I have to imagine is your way to help foster, you know, that, that trust in yourself. So what is that all about? Yeah. So it's a 20 minute training going over a little bit about what we discussed about learning how to manage that inner critic so that you're ready awesome. to your next step. And I really break it down. I call it a calm process. And, um, you learn, we learn how to identify and realize who our inner critic is and then learn how to activate that sage part of ourself, that wise part of ourself. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very specific tool to help you do that successfully. And it includes a little actual like meditation to help you do it in the moment to get you cool. out of that crazy head and bring you down into your body. Ah, uh, that whole like stimulus response thing, like creating the pause, right? Right. Help you create that pause. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So I say that's how I'm like, I'm deciding for you. No, just kidding. But like, okay. if, if you're, if you're feeling like you need this work, right? If you're feeling like you need this kind of support, go check out how to manage self doubt in four simple steps. I will make sure there's a link to it in the okay, show notes, everybody. Great. So go there. And in doing that, they're going to get connected with you as well. Right. Of course. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, it's like, I should have been on top of it, people, and I wasn't. Um, and I love following you on Instagram, I have to say. Uh, so we will make sure all the links to follow Anne are in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here. It was so good to connect with you and reconnect with you. You and I got to reconnect. And just seeing your passion and your approach made me really want to have you on the show to share this with everybody else. So thanks for the time. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. It's been so great being here. And I, I love um, I love sharing my story and I love connecting with other amazing women. Thank you. I just adore Anne. I mean, my favorite line from this whole interview was when she ever so quietly yet forcefully said, I want us to fucking shine. (laughs) I loved it. I loved having her passion slip through like that. Also, who is ready to set aside confidence building and start instead working on self-trust? How good was that distinction? I loved it. And finally, I got to just call out that whole inner critic conversation. Like I said, oh, those inner critics, we have them. I have mine. Mine is super sneaky, but if your inner critic is making you crazy, check out the free resource and created called how to manage self-doubt in four simple steps. You will find a link to this free training in the show notes, as well as all of Anne's contact information. 
Now, you know I'm not going to let you go without asking you the question of the week. And this one comes from Anne herself. What is the one action you can take to step towards your meant for more life? I want to hear your answer. So head on over to at Productivity Breakthrough on Instagram and share your answer with us on the question of the week post or just send me a DM. Whichever way works for you, I just want to know what this sparked for you. Okay, that is all for this week. I'll be with you again next week. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.